You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Lacrosse Boots. Now, if you haven't heard yet, uh, this is me telling you, you need to take a look at the new boots from Lacrosse, and they fall under the Navigator series. Now, what they've done is they've taken the best parts of a rubber boot and the best parts of your traditional hiking and hunting boot, and they've mashed them together to come up with this new line of boots from lacrosse, and that is the Navigator Series. Now, they have the women's windrows, they have the men's windrows, and then they have the Atlas the Atlas series within that as well. So go to lacrossefootwear.com and check out this new line of boots that they have. I've been using mine for a couple weeks now, and I am very impressed with the the fit and the feel, and I can't wait to get them in the woods this hunting season and uh, give them a trial run. So lacrossefootwear.com, check them out. Hey, guys, welcome to Land and Legacy Podcast. This is your host, Adam Keith. We're co-owners of a consulting company called, go figure, Land and Legacy. This is your number one podcast resource for all things land. Each week we're breaking down topics from land management, habitat management, conservation, farming practices, and real estate. We hope you guys enjoy it. Man, I'm excited for this podcast. It's going to be good. I know there's a lot of, we get a lot of questions about all kinds of different products. But when you go to the consulting business and with each landowner we've worked with, there's like a a set of questions that 90% of them are going to ask us. At some point during the day, yeah. And one of the questions is trail cameras. Um, and what cameras we use. There's all kinds of products out there, all kinds of brands, all kinds of companies that are making trail cameras. And there's some really good ones out there, really uh, ones that take really awesome videos. Um, but really for us, it comes down to monitoring without intrusion and simplicity. And time And saving. time savings. Um, in the past, and we still have a few like random brands that we just throw on trees and sure. we have to yeah, go pull yeah. cards. But, man, we live an hour and over an hour to any property we hunt is is an hour drive. And we're foolish, by the way, for that. But uh, it, won't, it won't always be like that. It won't always be like <laughs> that, but right now it is. And we really came down to traveling to the farms, then pulling cameras. And I was like, oh, this is really, it, really annoying. Everyone can relate to that, though, too, unless they're – Full on, you know, everything's a cell camera. But that's just, honestly, it's just not typically feasible from a, in a money, monetary investment standpoint. So it's like, what else is out there? And we stumbled upon Cuddy Link. Yep. Holy cow. It's like, now, the man, I want to I wanna shake that man's hand, whoever created that. Like that, the system, and, and we'll talk about it here during the podcast, but it's like, it sounds very complex and very, like, um, weighted and just there's a lot of things happening but truthfully once you get the system 
it's just simple. And it makes sense as to what's occurring throughout the property, throughout the cameras. And it's like, you know what? It it works. And I know what's happening I on think the property. From a deer standpoint, but also from a maybe a neighbor, from a, a potential trespasser, from a logger situation, you know what's happening. Yes. Uh, we got to give credit to Luke, who is actually, he listens. He's the, the one podcast, who reached yeah. out, but he works at Cuddyback. And he told us, or kind of introduced himself and told us about it. And we started testing it. And as soon as we started testing it, it was like, ooh, this is this is a nice setup. So, so you're And in the first me. fall, the first like full fall was, was last year. And we had the cameras up, getting emails, didn't worry about having to go and check cameras all the time. Huge cost savings. I could justify it to my wife because it was like, I don't have to leave to go check the cameras. Like, it yeah. was like, I want to know what's going on every week. And if there was a weekend where we weren't going to necessarily hunt, we still went to the farm to check cameras, which was a two to four hour process. And easy, it just on on the farm, not counting the hour there, hour back. And there's so, half, half a day spent checking trail cameras because because there wasn't a, another way to know what was happening there. That's right. And so, and for the guys that make the excuse or, or that make the statement, "Wow, trail cameras is cheating," whatever. We're trying to harvest an animal, a mature animal, or an animal of an upper age class that that hasn't been targeted in the past like the people pre-trail camera. We're trying to harvest an animal that requires the <coughs> additional steps, and that's where trail cameras come into us, not only for surveillance on poachers or trespassers but also deer and and the cutting link system is something that we we don't push a lot of product on this podcast i don't think i don't feel like we do uh, in comparison I, I I, yeah we and talk we, about we products try to, we try and we regulate use, that we talk about products that we depend on we talk about things that we like and like you won't hear us ever talk about a, a product that we don't have used or or are are currently using and this is a product that we use, we like, we depend on it, and therefore that's why we brought Cuddyback guys, Dan and Mitch, on to talk about things, uh, all things Cuddy Link. And they do a fantastic job of describing, explaining in full detail the system and all the, the questions, the commonly asked questions about the Cuddy Link system because we get them. But all now the time. This is a resource to say, hey, this is what it can do. These are its limitations, which there's not many. Um, this is its flexibility, its versatility. Here's what it can do, guys. I hope you guys enjoy the podcast because it's definitely it's like it's eye opening because now you're gonna sit there and look at maybe your trail camera system and be like, hmm, I guess I guess that makes a lot of sense. I guess yes. I should probably look into that because we because we were in the same boat. It's like, gosh, what the, what is there another way? And sure enough, this this kind of fit the bill for us. And so, guys, if you're asking for ways to support us, um, to help us, because we don't push a lot of product, you don't see a lot of products being pushed on this podcast um, or in our videos. We we push what we what we believe in and and ways to like Stratton Seed Company. We probably push a lot more than some of the others, and it's because it's a it's very affordable seed. We help develop the and blends. And we help develop the So blend. we know exactly what they're part of. And we, I mean, in comparison, I would challenge every one of you to look at something like the Legacy Blend and all the species in it and then go to a feed store or somewhere and try to build a blend at the same cost. It'd be really, it'd be hard for you to do it. Um, but you could get online and, and go order a diverse blend of, of, another, of another brand and you'll see the price difference between the two. So I would encourage you to, to, to do that. But with this scenario, there is no money exchanged between Cuddyback and us. We Correct. are not sponsored by Cuddyback. We use their product because we like their product. But for you guys to support us to where we can continue doing this is by showing your support through using our store to order uh, order Cuddyback cameras, for instance, yeah, or I mean, Stratton Seed Company. Um, that's the, that's, I guess, if you will, the seriousness of, of the fact that, gosh, this is something that we really, really like and have used. And we're to the point of, we'll we'll just be like a, a virtual dealer, if you will, and sell these puppies online. And so, so landandlegacyapparel.com. Yep. 
That's what it is right now. It'll change. But LandonLegacyApparel.com to order hats, shirts. Um, in fact, I'm not even sure. we got quail hats. We'll soon have more deer hats on there. Uh, but Cuddyback cameras are in stock. Uh, we've got some other stuff in the works. But right now, if you're interested in the Cuddyback system, LandonLegacyApparel.com and or go to LandonLegacy.tv and click on the shop tab and that will take you there. Click on trail cameras. You can order everything right there. If this podcast probably will have and spur a lot of additional questions that may not have been covered in the podcast. So don't be afraid to reach out to us at Land and Legacy info at landlegacy.tv or through social media. We'll be happy to answer any questions that you guys may have regarding our experiences with the the setup, the the Cuddy Link setup. All right. So with that being said, we're going to jump on with Dan and Mitch. All right, guys. On the line with us, we have Dan and Mitch from Cuddyback Cameras. Guys, how you doing? We're doing good. How about yourselves? We're doing wonderful. Can't so complain. We are here to talk about this new system. Um, I guess it's not, I would call it new because it's still something that. But there's still a lot of buzz. Still a lot of buzz about it. Matt and I have been testing it now for two seasons, going on our third season uh, with the Cuddy Link system. Fellas, it's, uh, I think it's one of the greatest things since trail cameras came on the scene. I, I, I love the system, um, and so it's, it's only fitting to have you guys on the, on the podcast to discuss it. And uh, so I guess my first question for whichever one of you want to tackle it, could you give us the explanation of, of what Cuddy Link is and how it's different than, than what we know about other trail cameras? Yeah, I mean – when, when it comes to Cuddy Link, we originally started out, and obviously trail cameras have really progressed throughout the years, but we always thought, you know, you started out with the original film cameras, and then we went to digital, and everyone always kind of thought, you know, what's next? And we spent years, uh, you know, working with Cuddy Link to try to figure it out, because anyone that runs trail cameras understands if you're running multiple trail cameras to check them on your land, you know, it can take hours to do that. And for... A lot of guys, you know, they only have weekends to go out there and do it. So spending the time trying to get food plots in, get stands ready, check trail cameras, that takes a ton of time. So we introduced Cuddy Link a few years ago. Uh, the concept of Cuddy Link was kind of a check them one, check them all. And when we originally introduced Cuddy Link, it was kind of a phase one where you had one central home camera that would communicate and talk with every other camera in the network, and you could have 16 total cameras. So the cameras would communicate with each other, talk, and send all their pictures to the one camera, so you would only would check the one camera. So that initially, the first year we did that, really saved a bunch of time. Guys were setting them up where they access their property. Uh, when they would go on the hunt, pull the SD card, would have all the pictures there. And, you know, it was really, you know, kind of an exciting breakthrough in the technology of trail cameras. Uh, now, most recently, we have now our cellular feature where we kind of replace that home camera instead of, checking the images via SD card, you're now getting those images sent to you. So now the advantage of that is one cell plan, 16 cameras, and you're getting all your pictures sent to you based off of how soon you want them, if you want them sent hourly, uh, and off a number of pictures. So that has really kind of changed the Cuddy Link technology. Yeah. Uh, you you hit it exactly. Yeah, th that's exactly our experience. I think – there was one thing in there that is exactly why Matt and I decided to make the investment and get the Cuddy Link system was the the time savings. We live, I think it from door to gate, it ends up being about an hour and 10 minutes. And if we traveled down there on to hunt on the weekend, we would get there and then it would be, let's go check cameras. We, we got to know where to go. And then you check cameras and there's disturbance, intrusion, scent left. Uh, and going over the entire property, time. checking and time and the gas to do it. And it was like, my goodness, this is just, we're trying to monitor trail cameras and parts of the farm that is really intrusive. And so it's like, boy, this, this whole cutting link system sounds, sounds interesting because big part of our farm, you don't have cell service. So it wasn't like we could run 
cell uh like a cell Standard camera cell down camera. in the yeah. in the bottoms and so we we're like maybe we can we could test this stuff and and that's exactly that's exactly what we found what what do you guys feel like when in talking to the consumer has been the the thing that they appreciate the most about the cutting link system yeah well i would say you know just as you guys pointed out the time savings right is a big deal um especially to like when you when you get into the general cuddy link, right? You get the time savings, and then as you guys just pointed out, that intrusion. So people were afraid. You, you talk to some pretty serious hunters out there, and some of them would say, "Hey, I don't even run cameras." Well, okay, that doesn't seem like a great idea because then you don't know what's going on in your property. But the point of why they were doing that was that they didn't want to disturb, you know, those big, in, especially the older and more intelligent uh, bucks that they were hunting. So. You know, and, and kind of like when you look at the trail cams, you don't even realize how how often you're going to them until you stop going to them. Then you realize, holy cow, I going there a lot. And unfortunately, <laughs> the more the more pictures you get, the more excited you get, then the more you go want to check them. And so it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy of messing up your hunting property, right? That's right. And so uh, now that we could eliminate that and, you know, people are putting these in bedding areas and things that they would have never wanted to monitor in the past that now they can – you know, and then you kind of, as Mitch pointed out, you go the step, the next step up is that with cellular, now guys that live, you know, there's a lot of hunters that live two hours, three hours, four hours away from their property. Well, this allows them to get, keep a pulse on what's happening there without actually being there and do it affordably. So, you know, the advent of cellular and just where this is going, it just really takes it up a couple notches to where, you know, people, this is supposed to be fun, right? I mean, like all these guys are, you know, putting in food plots and all the stuff that you guys spend a lot of time and money, um, you know, it should be fun. So this this makes the camera checking part of it a lot more fun than what it used to be. That's right. It's really nice and convenient when you're you're laying there in bed at six o'clock in the morning. You get that text or that email. It's like, oh, I do, I don't have to leave my bed. <laughs> you feel guilty just sitting there checking your trail camera. But tell you what, it's really convenient. That's right. That's right. Or uh, like we've used them to monitor some operations, some logging operations, and you get that picture of, of a logger walking down the road. He ain't supposed to be down, and you're yeah. like, uh-oh, What's call him up. Here? What's going on here? Um, so definitely an, an awesome an awesome thing. But I want to talk a little bit about, and so people can understand, how do these connect? If you have a home camera on one ridge and – two ridges over in a valley over you have a camera what is the process i think you said radio frequency but just so people can understand that a little better how is a picture from down here in the bottom communicated back to the home camera yeah so well the cutting link technology it is radio frequency and um, obviously there's some obstacles with that of you know going over hills and, and things like that so if you were to set the camera, like if you were doing an image retrieval camera, if you were setting that, I always kind of tell every customer, set it at the easiest location and, you know, the area you can go into to get the less disturbance. So if that's your front gate or whatever. And, you know, for them to communicate, as long as one camera can talk with another camera, the images will get home. So all your cameras don't have to talk directly with the home camera. So if you have a home camera up on a hill, you have your first remote down say on the bottom of the hill where it can't connect and you have another camera up on the next top of the hill. If that second camera can't connect to the home, as long as they can talk to one another and one of them gets back to the home camera, the system will work its way out. Um, so you would actually notice that you'll get a daily report sent to you and you can actually look at the report and kind of see what cameras are talking directly to the home and which ones are talking to other cameras. It doesn't give you the specifics, but it'll, if you're looking at it and spend time with it, you can kind of understand. So that's the nice feature with it is the system is always communicating and always finding the easiest way to get home. So it will adjust throughout the day and make sure that your images are getting sent back to the home camera. On average, what would you guys say is the range for these cameras to be able to connect to one another? I'm sure, you know, it changes based on topography and, and leaf coverage and everything, but on average, what's the span, the distance in between these cameras to be able to talk? Uh, the span we've, you know, we've tested on a lot of different properties. Uh, we've been down to Buffalo County. We've been up, you know, in the North Woods where it gets real thick. 
through the woods, we have seen a quarter mile to a third of a mile. We have seen some less than that, kind of depending on how thick, thick the woods are that you're going through and how many hills there are. Sure. Uh, we did test all, more of an open area. We were seeing almost out to a mile in open area going across fields. So really the biggest thing is going to be terrain is obviously going to be, you know, kind of affect the signal. And we've also seen humidity. So like this summer when it was really hot, we saw levels kind of drop a little bit. But the nice thing is, you know, you can have 16 cameras on a network. So if you're not being able to reach where you want to go, you know, there's opportunities to add more cameras to the network. And we also have some devices that's not a camera that's a little bit cheaper cost to help extend the range of the cameras as well. Gotcha. The, re- the reality is that, uh, you know, if, when you most of us obviously are setting up these cameras in the summertime, right? When the foliage is the heaviest, uh, the humidity is the heaviest. So there's a signal test inside of each camera that you uh, you run when you deploy it. And as long as, you know, you keep that at a, we, we recommend a level of 20, that way you have some leeway, not to say that you can't go below that and still get connectivity, but that allows for those tolerances. And then, you know, as we get into fall where we start dropping foliage, the humidity eases up, that signal strength gets better over, over time. So um, you'll notice, you know, if you monitor uh, your system closely, things like fog will knock the signal down a little bit because uh, that moisture in the air. But you'll notice, you know, that it changes. And as Mitch said, it's, it's intuitive. So it figures out the best way to make it happen. Really, as a user, all you care about is that you're getting your photos. And certainly, you know, as you play with the system, you can do that reliably. That's what that's what obviously matters. What what happens? Let's say let's say you set a camera on twenty and you get fog to set in, and there's an interruption in that connectivity. How do these cameras almost like reconnect it? And what happens to those images um, if you have that happen one day and the weather changes? Yeah. So. Uh let's say the camera can't connect for, you know, whatever reason, fog, or even let's say the, uh, you know, the batteries died or for whatever reason. But if the camera can't connect, it will store those images up. There's actually a queue that you can set on the camera itself. So it will store the images up. So let's say for one, you know, one day it happened to not connect because it was too far away. And if it connects the next day, it will just start sending those pictures that we're waiting to send. So that's the nice thing. If for some reason it didn't connect, or it's having issues connecting, those images will just queue up. And once it connects, they'll just start pumping through again and you'll get all your pictures. So you don't miss anything. It just might be delayed if you have that interruption. Yep, that's correct. What about if, let's say you put a camera out and you think it's got good, uh, that it's it's linked up and you have good signal, but it's actually lower than you than you initially thought, or you connected in very ideal conditions, but then it started getting humid and and so the 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 level was down into around ten. Would that cause a stronger pull on battery life? No, the reality is that uh, you know, and there's and this is a good question. We get asked a lot, like, hey if my signal's weak or whatever, is that putting more tax on the system? No, it doesn't. If it's connected, it's going to send. Perfect. Where you see things where you see things that uh, tax the system a little bit more is, as Mitch pointed out, the cameras can daisy chain, right? So uh, if the camera's talking to the home, that's ideal from a battery usage standpoint. When you have a camera that's in the middle, that now it's you know receiving pictures, taking pictures, and sending pictures, then that puts a little bit more stress on the battery. Mm-hmm. That, that's why we offer so many battery extending options because that commu- it makes sense to people, right, that these cameras are communicating. That's the advantage of the system. But it also means that we will utilize more battery power than a traditional trail camera. So as long as the user is educated about, uh, you know, what kind of power options we have available and pick the right one for their kind of conditions of what they're trying to do, then we're good to go. So, so hearing that, in an ideal world, your home camera would be more of a centralized location, and from there, it's almost like a wheel, kind of, your other cameras go out from it to save on battery life of your other cameras, so there's not as many daisy chains um, in comparison to, like, a long, linear line of cameras. Not every property, obviously, can, can do that, um, or it's conducive to make that happen, but, so, I guess what I'm saying is, Another way to make 
battery life extend is kind of have that wheel like formation in your camera setup. Is that right? Yes, sir. Uh, the, the, rea the reality is that the cell unit that makes that pretty easy because you don't have to go to that unit, right? Because it's sending all the pictures. Sure. When, when we talk about using it as it was brought out originally in a SD home where you're going to pull that single card, then they're going to have to put that somewhere that's accessible so they're not destroying the you know integrity of the hunting property of educating all the deer, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, but it is important to understand that, yes, the ideal way would be as you described it, because let's say that somebody just in a, you know, random set had a long rectangular property that they wanted to line up cameras. Even in that scenario, taking into account where to put that SD home and try to do it more in the middle, provided you have access there. So you went both directions would be better than doing it in a straight line. The straight line will work. It's just not as efficient as the rest of the opportunities that you would have for setting up that network. Makes gotcha. Sense. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. So speaking of battery life, what are your guys' tips and tricks for extending that battery life? Do, would you rather do the solar? Would you rather do the external, the cutty, cutty pack, the external so. battery pack, or uh, running lithium batteries versus rechargeable batteries on a, on a solar? Uh, well, the one thing I always tell every customer that I talk to when we, we talk about battery adapters is, Obviously, the advantage with this system is you no longer have to go check your SD cards. So why would you want to go change batteries, right? That's right. So everyone that's running the system, I highly recommend get the battery power options. Now, we have a lot of options that are out there. Like you guys mentioned, we have our solar power. We also have our battery packs or our cutty powers. And it's really going to kind of depend on your setup. Um, solar is a great system if you have enough sunlight. So I've been running a few cameras. I'm on the edge of a hay field. And I've had over a year of battery life running solars. And that's our solar kit that includes the solar panel, like uh, includes that. the AA batteries. So it includes everything with the package, which is nice. But like I said, if you have enough sunlight, that can last for a very long time and over a year. Now, the ones I have buried down in the cedar swamp, obviously there's not a lot of light. So running solar really isn't an option for me there. So that's when I start running um, our different battery packs. And, and with our battery packs, you know, you can get long extended battery life and uh, some of our, our new one that we have coming out, our dual power bank, that kind of gives an option of running the batteries or running solar at the same time. Um, I'll kind of let Dan talk a little bit more about that, but that I think is going to be the route everyone goes because it gives the option of doing, you know, if you want to just do batteries or if you have the solar option, you can do that. Yeah, and you guys did ask about lithium batteries. Um, the reality is, and we're trying to educate everybody on this, you know, lithium batteries are uh, more expensive, but they are certainly advantageous for certain camera models. In our case, it actually doesn't really benefit the user. Um, and it actually sort of works against you because we have a report that gives you uh, an indication on where your battery life is. But unfortunately, the way a lithium battery reads is that it runs full power, full power, full power, and then when it dies, it just disappears. So it takes away that advantage of understanding where your system is from a battery level standpoint. So we would certainly recommend regular alkaline batteries in the cameras. Um, as Mitch pointed out, the solar, if you have good sun is a great option. And then if you don't have great sun, you look at a battery option, but what he was referencing the dual power bank, which will be shipping in uh, October sometime, um, that unit has two banks and so you can either run two banks of alkaline batteries and just have extended life so if you're in again if you're not in the sun at all it's a great option and then it has the ability to run rechargeable batteries in bank a and then alkaline batteries in bank b so now you could plug the solar into the a bank and then have alkaline batteries as a backup in the b bank and so that's a great solution you know, what we're seeing from users is that more and more people are wanting to keep their cameras out all year. Instead of it being just a four-month window that they want to run the cameras, they like being connected to their property. So they like seeing, you know, when the deer drop the antlers, you know, turkeys coming out in the spring, when the deer start growing the antlers, and obviously monitoring the hunting season. So, um, you know, with that said, with people wanting to have their cameras out longer like that, we need to have battery solutions that'll address that. And uh, that's what we're trying to do. You'll, you'll see the cutting back at this point is trying to make everything universal so that it'll plug in all the cameras, do that easily. So you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out how to do that. 
And then second part would be to give different price points and different lengths of time that those batteries last so that those different kinds of users, whether they're a four-month user or there's somebody who wants to leave them out all year, that can be addressed for them. Mm, I love it. I love the options. You, yeah. You brought up a really good question, one that we've gotten in the past is, hey, I'm a, I'm a four-month user, but I want to get the the picture sent to me with a plan. When it comes to signing up for a plan, can you just run that plan from, let's say, September through January? And then do you do you cancel the plan? Or what, what happens there if you know you want to pick it back up in a couple months? Yeah, we offer, uh, when you're signing up for the cellular plan, we offer two different plans. We do an annual plan. Obviously, you're paying for the full year up front. You get a, a price break for doing that. And then we run a monthly plan. So if you're a guy that wants to run it, from September to December, you get charged every month. And then when you're ready to cancel it, you can cancel it at any time. Uh, so we'll have a lot of guys that actually run the cutting link system, the, uh, the, the SD retrieval, you know, half the year. And then when they're ready to turn on the cellular, they'll turn on their cellular device and then they run their cellular and pay for data plans, you know, four or five months out of the year and then turn it off when they're done using it. Smart. Gotcha. Yeah, that's an efficient man right there. You could run, the, yeah, <laughs> pulling the car during turkey season because yeah. you're not as worried about intrusion and and uh, would yeah, that makes sense for sure. So for us, so our listeners know we're we're on the fifteen dollar a month plan. We've got twelve cameras running right now, and uh, it's it's fifteen dollars a month, and that that gets pictures from every single camera we have out there. Yep. One of the biggest questions I get when it comes to the actual plan is does this affect my current Verizon plan or do they have options for AT&T? You guys want to touch on how that works? Yeah. So what your uh, personal cell plan is, is irrelevant. Um, You know, what happened was early on when the initial trail cameras, cellular trail cameras came out, you would have to work uh, in conjunction with the, with the cell provider and then with the camera company, but they quickly learned that those cell providers, they like dealing in cell phones, not cell trail cams. You know, they just don't understand them. They don't know what you're doing with them and they're just not staffed to answer those kind of questions. So now uh, you're going to work independently. So we actually went through a certification process with Verizon and we just completed AT&T. We don't have the AT&T phone of uh, cell cam available yet. But it'll be in uh, later in, ni- in 2019. So as of right now, though, you log into Cuddyback.com, you set up the plan through Cuddyback. That way, if you have any issues or anything, you're calling us. We can help you. We understand what the problems are. Certainly, our backend links to Verizon. That's why we had to go through that certification process. And our engineers can even see what's happening with your camera on the Verizon network. So from a troubleshooting standpoint, you make one phone call, you get all the help you need. And you don't have to worry about it. And it really doesn't matter, you know, if you're a T-Mobile guy or you're a cellular, it really doesn't matter. It's just like uh, I can text, uh, I'm a Verizon cell phone user. I can text a T-Mobile guy. It's the same thing. The camera can send wherever we need to. All you got to do is make sure that that uh, local provider has coverage in your hunting property area, right? So as long as Verizon's covered there, you're good to go. And like I said, here later in 2019, we'll have that AT&T option available as well. Love it. Perfect. Super, super simple. I I mean, right now we are, we have two, two times a day that we get sent pictures unless our queue fills up 6am and 6pm. And that allows us to be able to know, okay, what kind of happened throughout the night, early morning hours, and then throughout the day, what kind of, you know, movement are we seeing to make these day-to-day changes while we're in the field um, or, or out of season preparing for um, preparing for the rut, whatever it may be. But these there's options for how you get your pictures delivered to you. Can you guys talk about, you know, setting up that camera, setting up that delivery system? What are the, the tolerances there? Yeah, so when you're setting up your cell camera um, to receive your images, you can set them up to do – uh, either batches, so batches of images, it can go one all the way up to 30, or you can set it up to do an hourly. So it can start at one hour is the fastest, and it can go all the way up to 24 hours. So I personally, I like running every 12 hours this time of the year. 
similar to you guys, I get my pictures at 6 a.m. I get my pictures at 6 p.m. If for some reason with my network, if I get 30 images that get sent to my home device before 6 a.m. or before 6 p.m., those will get sent over to me. Mm-hmm. Once I get closer and in the season, I'll actually increase my rate of delivery. So I'll go like every four hours. Um, the reason for that is I just want to know as much as possible if I'm going out on a Friday night or if I'm going Saturday morning to go hunting, I want to try to collect as much information as possible as, as far as where the movement is. So if I'm spending limited time in the woods, I'm going to be spending the time hunting those ideal areas because nothing was worse in the past of hunting a stand. And when you, you got done hunting, you checked cards and seeing that, you know, 20 acres over is where all the deer were moving. So now I know going into my hunt where my ideal areas are. And I feel like that helps me maximize my hunting time. Oh, makes sense. How would a person change that? Was that being changed on the home camera or on CuddyLink.com? Presently, right now, it would be changed at the cell cam. So you go to the cell cam and then you would uh, enter into the commands menu and make that adjustment. Um, Obviously, as we continue to... uh, work on more options in the future stay tuned i guess but for now you would need to go to that home camp perfect well hopefully you set that up in a in a place for us we can get to ours easy easy and and no intrusion involved so it makes great sense and that's a great tip that we didn't do last year last year Mm -hmm. it was wait till six o'clock and and hope that you didn't find out some bad news (laughs) that you picked the wrong stand yeah you guys just kind of came out with the dual cell unit can you guys describe that unit itself and and what the advantage is of, of running a dual cell unit? Yeah, so the, uh, you know, what, what you see in the cell, you know, just like in the conventional camera market, you see this on the cell side as well, right? It's getting more competitive all the time. Um, and we wanted to, uh, we did not want to degrade the quality of the camera. So you'll notice that our our uh, dual cells got you know a few features. One, it runs 6D batteries right off the bat. And so, you know, if you're going to have a cellular trail camera, the idea is it's not by you; it's out there running. You want it to be able to run for an extended period of time without without dying due to battery life. Um, second of all, you know, you want a high-end photo uh, being taken, so it's a 20 megapixel quarter-second trigger speed, all the high-end characteristics of a traditional cuddyback camera. On top of that, you'll notice we have the paddle antennas on top of it that uh, we've done multiple testing. And, you know, some cameras don't have two antennas uh, for the cell service. Uh, through the certification process of Verizon and AT&T, it was required that you have two antennas. And we definitely have seen that that those are stronger than your traditional cell phone. Uh, you know, for example, when I put out uh, one of my Ks, my Verizon cell phone was unroaming. I can't hardly even get a text to go. But that camera's been there for seven months sending sending photos. Hmm. Um, you know, obviously that's dependent upon the area that you're placing the camera, but no doubt uh, those antennas assist in the process. Um, but the the way the, the naming behind the dual cell is that it can do two things. If I'm a guy that wants to buy just a cell camera and put it out and get pictures sent to me via my one camera, he can do that. But at the same time, if I want to start linking cameras to it and I want to buy it right off the bat where it links together with other cameras and have those multiple cameras send me photos, I can do that as well. So the advantage is that guy makes a $200 investment uh, and next next year when he's got more funds available, he comes back, adds a camera, ties it in, links it into the camera via the CuddyLink system. And now he's getting pictures from two cameras instead of one camera. He did not have to change his cell plan. He didn't have to increase any fees. Uh, he just had to buy a camera and extend his network. So, you know, the goal with our system is that we make it really uh, expandable over time. So if they start with the SD home collection and they want to come back and add cell, they can do that. They want to start with a cell device and come back and add cutting link cameras that have no cellular capability, they can do that. At the end of the day, it's still the same bottom line. 16 cameras, one network, one cell plan. Away you go. Hmm. So basically, Christmas, birthday, Father's Day, it's all covered. You just keep adding on. Keep adding the cameras. There you go. Thanks. Yeah. And what about? On, go ahead. I was gonna say, and add on with what Dan was talking about. You know, another big advantage with the dual cell um, 
is that flash, and a lot of people may not know this, but that flash is actually user replaceable. So the flash that it comes with actually has built in both black flash and IR. So when you're setting that camera up, you can choose if you want to use the black LEDs or the, the red infrared LEDs. Because there's a lot of guys out there that feel, you know, you know, the black flash is better. You're not scaring any deer. Um, and me, I personally, you know, I don't feel it, it bothers my deer. So I like the better quality. So I use actually the red LEDs. But we also have uh, powerhouse modules that can go in there. that can give you uh, a stronger flash and a longer flash range. So we have the powerhouse IR. We have a powerhouse black flash. And then we also have the old school, the white strobe flash. That there's still a lot of users out there that still love you know, that flash picture at night. So that's kind of the another advantage with the dual flash is that that flash in there is user replaceable. If users, you know, want to swap out and try a different flash. Oh, you know, and one other thing, uh, you know, we've kind of been talking about the cell side of it here, obviously specifically on the dual cell, you know, we've talked about, we can have multiple cameras, one cell plan, you know, that saves dollars, right. To not have to have those multiple mm. cell plans. The other big advantage to our system when it comes down to real life experience of setting up a hunting property is that there's a lot of hunting properties that have some cell service in a certain area, but not across the whole, you know, whole property. And, you know, if you wanted to run multiple cell cameras to be able to get pictures from all of those areas, you'd, you'd be stuck because, you know, if you can't get the cell cam connected, you're not getting the pictures, obviously. In our case, the way the user attacks that is you put the dual cell where you have cell service, and then you put the remote cameras that are talking via our CuddyLink network out there positioned in the areas where you have no cell service. They're sending their pictures through the network to the dual cell. The dual cell's email and text you the pictures. So even if you don't have cell service across the property, it, it doesn't matter with our system. You can get pictures from all across the property. That's it. And I think that's, that, that's one of the biggest things for us on, on what was the time saving and then having the ability to monitor the entire farm without having to worry about not having cell service throughout the entire farm. And, and putting the cameras in locations yes. that, that if you take a food plot and you know that back corner is where they all come out, but it was too intrusive, intrusive to put our normal trail camera back there. We now put the Cuddy Link back there, and it's like it's going to take the picture and send it to us, and we never, we don't have to go back there until we need to either pull it or replace the batteries. But with running the battery packs and the solar, we're setting it up to where we shouldn't have to go there until season's closed. Absolutely, you don't, you don't, you gain so much more by the system of going to places. Everyone's sitting right now thinking you know, in their own head of their farm and where they really have always wanted a camera, but they knew it was never a good idea to put one there. But this is the system that will allow you to do it. And then you have that, those images on your phone, you know, daily, every yeah. single day, you know what's happening. And I think that's for us. Um, we, we definitely benefited last year from this current information, but um, it really helps you connect the dots, I think, on, on deer travel patterns deer have you know a wide range that they're covering they have a core area but then it's like how do you hunt this deer outside this core area and identifying these travel corridors putting cameras in here um, in some sensitive areas you really are able to say this is what he's doing i know this is what he's doing never been able to get this type of information before but it's gonna allow me to be able to put together a better hunting strategy for that deer across an entire year yeah. Couldn't have said it better than we did right there. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, so before we wrap up, guys, do you have any other, uh, the the lithium thing is, is new to me. I didn't, mm -hmm. I didn't know that. I feel yeah. like an idiot because I didn't know that. But do you guys have any other tips and tricks on how to make this thing run even better? You know, it's, uh, it's interesting. I mean, we're, we're working on, uh, because what happens is you find so many nuances with the system. I mean, you know, we talk about repeatedly uh, almost daily that when you look at the system, it's complicated, but it's not complicated. Mm -hmm. So is it more, is it more complicated than putting a, just a regular conventional camera on a tree? Yes, it is. But really when it comes down to the basic use of the system, it's not that complicated. You give the camera an identification number, you, pick a channel that you want to communicate with, and then you set the signal, you run the signal strength test to make sure they're communicating. Once you do that, the system works. 
Now, with that said, there are a ton of little nuanced things that we can do uh, with the system that, you know, users are learning day in and day out. And so, um, you know, this is something to stay tuned, continue to monitor the Cuddy Link uh, YouTube channel because, you know, we already are throwing up a bunch of tips now. We'll continue to throw those up. They'll go out on social media. Um, you know, the, the report that we've all talked about is a massively helpful uh, tool to monitor your network. Uh, you know, every day, you know, you guys mentioned at six o'clock, you get up, you look at your pictures, you're all excited. We all do that. Before I do that, though, I just take a quick peek at my report because that report's going to tell me, you know, what kind of signal strength do I have? How many links between the cameras in the home? Where's my SD card uh, at? Is it getting full? Where's my battery power? So I can almost sense you know, by looking at the report where, if I'm going to have an issue where I need to kind of monitor or not. And if I see that everything looks green, I'm good, I'm golden, delete. I don't worry about it. I'll look the next day. But, it, you know, by monitoring that and just having a sense for how my system's working, I can stay uh, and make sure it's performing at a premium level. Is this um, is this Dan know. talking or is this Mitch? Yes, this sir. This is Dan. Yep. So yep. you're telling me, Dan, that when you wake up in the morning, you look at your report before you look at the pictures? I do, man. I like this. Nerd. <laughs> you know because because I can't. If my if my report tells me everything's good, then I know that I'm going to keep getting those pictures. I want to look at them as bad as you guys. So I'll be. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be honest here. I bet if I went to my email right now, there would be a couple reports that I haven't even opened. But there's not one file of pictures yeah. that I didn't open. No doubt. <laughs> That's funny. Well, uh, you're a disciplined uh, man. I, I can't believe, you know, we went through this podcast for 30 minutes in and we haven't even talked about the report. That's a huge part that makes this system great because you can see, you know what the heck is going on. Every I, camera. There's every been day. times where uh, we put out, we didn't have all our cameras out. We put more cameras out and we go two days and we notice that the link is low in mm -hmm. on one of the cameras. It's like we need to move around. We need to move these cameras around so we get a stronger signal because there may have been a day or two where we didn't have pictures coming from these other cameras because the the signal wasn't strong enough. So that and battery life is just is is crucial and and makes this system so so phenomenal. Well, it's it makes you more efficient with your time when you actually study that report because you're not traveling to all these different cameras saying where where am I at with batteries? You know, it's right there on your phone. It's That's in that right. report. And then same thing with your connection. You know, you don't have to go to these locations until you know that something has changed. And again, maybe that we're, we're probably going to be moving some cameras here in the next couple of weeks. And then once leaf drop happens, we might extend out that range, you know, and cover more of the property. But truthfully, you know, we've got we've got 12 of these cameras, a home unit, and we are covering 500 acres and pretty steep ground really really well really efficiently with with those cameras and that setup and our time has changed from like you said earlier beginning of the podcast we go down check cameras come back don't get to check them honestly until you get home but we're, we know every day what's happening that's saved hours and hours and hours every single week yeah i mean uh you know there's no doubt that uh when you when you look at getting this data like you get it um you know, we're not here trying to make it where, you know, like, hey, I got the I, I see a picture of a deer on the camera. I'm going to go kill them. That's not exactly what we're trying to do. Right. What we're trying to do is give you data over time that on when when do these deer move and what kind of patterns and what area are they in. And that obviously probably tells you, like, you know, what are they eating or what are they feeding on kind of where are they bedding, some of that kind of information. So you get a strategy on, you know, how to be successful with your hunt. Um, you know, and, and the reality is that getting that on a daily basis, man, you really do see trends. You know, a friend and I went and put food plots in a couple weeks ago. And, uh, you know, for two days after we did that, we didn't see deer movement, you know. And so in the past, we wouldn't even have known that. But it just reminds you again and again that you're intruding in there makes a difference on what those – they know you're there, you know. That's right. So, and, and the reality is that, you know – uh, whatever kind of deer you want to kill, obviously that's dependent upon where you live and what your uh, deer management resources are and everything else. But 
generally speaking, most guys are going to at least want to kill the oldest deer they could. Now, for some guys, maybe that's a six-year-old, and for other guys, maybe that's a three-year-old, and for somebody else, it might be a two-year-old. But if they're more than a year old, they're still smarter than anything else on the property. So, you know, you're, you're, it's not a slam dunk to go out and kill them, as we all know. So getting that information and being able to get a strategy together is a big deal. Oh, 100%. 100%. For sure. So I think I think uh, each plan, $15 a month, um, that covers about 2,000 images per month. If somebody is monitoring, let's say, whatever, a, a site that has way more activity, what would, let's say they're taking, their 16 or 12 cameras would take anywhere from 4,000 pictures per month. There are options for paying more to get make sure they get more pictures correct yeah for the for the data, data plans you can have you can select the unlimited option and you know based off if you're paying monthly or if you're paying uh for yearly i mean it's going to cost you anywhere between 30 to 40 dollars a month and that's unlimited images if you're taking through the cutting system if you're taking 10,000 images with your 16 cameras you know throughout the month it's still the same amount of money if you're just paying for that one data plan the unlimited plan and you're you're covered for the month wow that's a lot of pictures to look through. <laughs> a lot of pictures, but a lot of a lot of people, you know, depending on where they're putting these cameras, how they're monitoring the property. Mm-hmm. If honestly, even if uh, supplemental feeding is legal in states, you can get a lot of activity on cameras. Um, so yeah, that, you have to have to address that for those folks who get just ungodly amounts of trail camera images. For sure, for sure. I've got one more question for you guys when it comes to the whole system. Um, I think I, I think I've covered everything that, w- that we kind of lined out. But one thing we haven't talked about that I think could make this great for the non-resident or the, the absentee, the guy who doesn't live on his property, and we kind of touched on it, but is the surveillance side of it. Yes. Giving you the ability to, let's say you have a, a property that's got multiple road frontage and there's different ways in your property. Using this for monitoring your your roadways to, to notice if there's anybody coming in, walking in, trespassing, poaching, whatever it is. I think this is something that's that's very advantageous for, for a landowner. Yeah, I mean, I would say we are seeing a fair amount of that, um, you know, in a few different uh, environments, right? There's plenty of security systems out there, but pretty much anything that's been developed has got, you know, requires power, right? And so you have some scenarios where you're not going to have power and, and you know, hunting property, uh, you know, the trails coming in, coming out, uh, boat docks a lot of times may not have uh, power down by them. You've got uh, guys at construction sites. We've had mm-hmm. quite a few people call us on construction sites before they get the power all the way up and running. So those uses, uh, certainly from a surveillance standpoint, uh, the system works great. And, uh, you know, that's something that I'm sure we'll continue to uh, develop as we go a little bit, some tools. Because when you, when you start getting into that side of things, there's things they care about differently than what you and I uh, trying to monitor a deer's patterns are. And so we'll continue to develop some of that stuff. But, yeah, primarily where you see this as advantageous is for guys that just don't have any kind of power connection. No doubt. Yeah. Awesome. Well, fellas, I don't know if you got anything else to add. Matt and I have covered all of our questions. Hugely beneficial. Once again, we just thank you guys for coming up with such an awesome product, saving us all kinds of time. And uh, it still allows us to monitor what's going on on our farm. So thank you so much for for coming on. Yeah, no, hey, this is Dan. I was going to clarify one thing since you guys made fun of me for looking at the forest. I'm also a guy that flosses my teeth every day. So I know what kind of guy. Oh, that explains Uh, it. I get it. it. That's it. Oh, gotta love it. Well, you guys are welcome on anytime. Appreciate your time and and going through. the whole Cuddy Link system. Excited to see what what else is next. I'm, we won't ask you've, you. Yeah, you've intrigued us. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll be staying in touch with you guys. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Yeah.